Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. We're so glad you're joining us today. This has been a really fun time for me. The last few months, you've been introducing your friends to me, and they come from everywhere. I think my most favorite recent new friend is a Ghana woman, and she's living in England and has two small children, and she's so excited to have joined the Modern Homemakers family. So welcome to you, wherever you are listening to us from. We've had an amazing uh, deluge of I Love Emily Barnes. Well, I'm glad you do. And some of you have made it really fun by saying, oh, and P.S., I love you too, Donna Otto. You don't have to do that. That's okay. I know you do. But we're grateful that you have joined us. This series of my introducing my friends to you has been particularly sweet for me because I've had an opportunity to sit for 30 or 40 minutes with people who I love and value. Some of them are pros, book writers and public speakers, pastors, teachers, spiritual directors, men and women, founders of amazing ministries. And one of them is my dearest, oldest friend who doesn't like it when I say this, but it's true. Uh, saved me during a decade of my life when I didn't know which way was up. So it's been a sweet time, and I'm glad you're joining us. Uh, there are still books available, so if you want to write, please do. And today I want to introduce you to Adele Calhoun. Welcome, Adele. Thank you, Donna. I'm glad to be with you. Well, it's so fun to have you. Adele lives uh, in the East Coast which is my favorite place, um, but not my husband's favorite place. <laughs> so, of course, we live in Arizona. How's Doug? He's good. He's busy. He's busy. He just finished that spiritual direction appointment and is going into another one, I think. Hmm. And what I um, know is where you're sitting right now is in a calm, beautiful place overlooking the woods. So tell us where you live, why you live where you live, and will you tell our audience how you remember meeting me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> a year ago, uh, my husband and I moved up to the North Shore of Boston. Well, we lived here for a season when our children were young, and we loved this area. Um, we'd been living in a western suburb of Boston that is um, more of a uh, a city, a city and people, a, the corridor that goes into Boston for work every day. It's just a busier, more high-end place. And we we really wanted to get back to the country. <laughs> and we wanted to, I wanted, I thought, I have told myself for years, if I could look up, wake up and look out at beauty, I would be a better person. And... So we have been given, bound, given by God, this beautiful home um, that is in the midst of beauty and in the midst of acres and acres of forest. So we can just walk out our door and be walking forever. Um, we're not far from the beach. We're uh, Anyway, it's a gorgeous place and we wanted to use it as a... Oh, a place where people who are ministry leaders and 
people who are depleted and in need of retreat could come to meet with God. So the house has everything we need to do that. And during COVID, there, there is a, an apartment, a beautiful apartment that has been used constantly by people who are seeking time alone with God. So that's been a gift to us to see our house being used. And there are amazing stories coming out of how God has met people. So that's how we ended up here. David and I have been the happy participants in that little apartment space. Yeah, yeah. Donna and uh, David came and spent almost a week in our yeah, we did our beautiful spot. It's called the Hermitage. So Donna, this is how I remember meeting you. I think Karen Maines introduced me to you when I was living in Chicago, and that I drove over from work, and we went to uh, a brewery. <laughs> I think we went to a brewery and they had really good food and we and Karen introduced me to she said you have to meet my friend Donna Otto <laughs> so it's like okay I'll come meet your friend and I don't really remember anything about the conversation because there are a lot of conversations and as a pastor you meet a lot of people once you know and so it's just sort of like enjoy the moment yes that was a lovely woman I met Karen introduced me to. She lives in lives in Phoenix, and I think we talked about both knowing Gail, so that we found we had a mutual friend. Okay, so I, I think it's so. I I just love this question because everyone we meet, the first time we meet, we have this different recall. I so far, <laughs> no one I have ever asked that question to remembers it like I remember it. Which is, <laughs> which is, and it's true, they don't remember. If I went first, you'd say, no, that's not what I remember, because this is what you remember. So what I remember, and it was a meeting, but it was more my meeting, the woman Adele, and that was at, oh, Christ Church. Am I saying that right, the title of the yeah. church? And you were in the platform behind a music stand uh, giving a lecture to a small group of people. When I fit it into your history, I think it was when you were teaching um, the spiritual disciplines to the staff. How I got into that room, I don't, I did, that's just, that's my ad, I'm adding it into it. Interesting. That's the first time I remember meeting you. But I remember Karen being a part of it. And then my, again, being in a situation in Boston in a classroom and you were the presenter. So um, I think I have to say that maybe Adele Calhoun is a presenter in my life. <laughs> I am present. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thank you, that's kind of fun. I will say just in a jocular way about what you said, how, how uh, people introduce us the whole impetus for this time has been Doug Kohu said the best thing you could do is introduce your friends to other friends. Mm -hmm. And that phrase has been common. Someone said you should meet my friend. That's right. And as I've been looking at it, I've been looking at the people who said you should meet Adele. That nucleus of people in my life 
have been important, and they've introduced me to numbers of people, Karen yeah. being one of them. And if you don't know Karen Maines, what would you say about Karen Maines, Adele? I was in a covenant group with her and uh, five other women who were all uh, in various ministries in Chicagoland for 13 years. Mm. And Karen's group was going before I arrived. And this is what I remember about Karen. Oh, I love Karen. So I had met Karen because a friend of mine who knew Karen said, you've got to meet Karen when she's in town. See? So I met Karen, just like I met Donna. You know? <laughs> yeah. yep. Then when I moved to Boston, this friend called her friend, called um, Karen and said, my friend is coming to Chicago. And so in the first probably three weeks I was in Chicago, Karen called me on the phone and said, I have a covenant group for women in ministry. Uh, I would like for you to come. And, you know, I'd met her once and I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> covenant group, first time. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not really good with small groups. And I've been in a bunch that were really creepy and, and felt like a waste of my time. And so I'm sorry, I'm just being honest, I don't want to come. And she said, would you come once? Oh. And I said, yeah, I'll come once. So she let me come once and I fell in love oh. that first meeting with all these women who were my age or older. They were women who were serious about knowing God and mm -hmm. full of joy and could hold joy and sorrow together. And they did group spiritual direction. It wasn't a Bible study. We did some ministry together, led a pilgrimage to Spain, did some other um, seminars for people together. But this became my major support group for 13 years in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And these women healed me, taught me, <laughs> nurtured me. And it was Karen. Karen knew how to reach out and pull people in and mm -hmm. she gave me a gift like no other she gave me five friends mm -hmm. by doing that yeah okay we're done for today thanks adele that was enough that was <laughs> you could you don't need to say any more for today oh my gosh that's so powerful and so accurate like karen is a connector but she hasn't always been she learned the power of that and she gave her gifts to you. She let you give your gifts to those women. I knew some of those women. I know some of those women. And for my listening audience, if Karen Burton, B-U-R-T-O-N, Mains is not a familiar name, go to your used bookstore online and buy any of her books. The book oh, that I... Or go by Lonely No More. Lonely No More. That was, I was just going to say two books that I would recommend. Lonely Comfort No More. What's the second one you'd recommend? Comforting one another. Comforting one another. And I'm going for one for the children. And that was called The God Hunt. Oh, she did the I Spy game and put it in print. And it, also Making Sunday Special was also great. So there's four titles. Buy them. Read them. Enjoy meeting our friend Karen Burton Means, who lives in um, West, what's it called? West something, West Suburb. West, West no, Chicago. West Chicago, West Chicago, Illinois. 
Well, that's fun. We introduced Karen. And it is true that we have connectors in our lives and we become the person who is either connecting or the connect the connectee. Haha, I just made a new word. Okay, so I want in these next minutes for you to just describe a little about your journey of life, where what you have done as a woman, wife, mother, um, minister. Can you just give a headliner what you feel led to tell our audience about the things you have done in your illustrious life? So I want to start at the end. And I would say there's, there's a phrase in a song that says, it's praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. And there's a line that says, have you not seen how your desires have been granted in what he ordaineth? So as I look back on my life, I see how my desires, desires I couldn't even articulate as a young person have been granted in the life I have been given. And it's not been an easy life, but I am so grateful for the life I've been given. And, you know, I just grew up in a, I grew up in Colorado in a blue collar family and um, had the privilege of being educated and so forth. But I, I would say my, my major feeling was um, when I graduated from college and I taught high school for a year was get me out of here. I just want to go see the world. Get me out of here. And so I took every penny I had made that year and I put them into traveler's checks, which don't exist anymore. That's right. And I left the country and I said, God, if you want me, I'm available. I'll do anything. I had two jobs to come back to. So it wasn't like, but, you know, long story short, I was ambushed. I ended up working as a missionary with uh, students in 11 countries in Southeast Asia and the Mideast. Um, I spent some time at Labrie Fellowship and then I went to seminary. Um, out of seminary, I worked uh, in Boston at Harvard Tufts and MIT with InterVarsity, which was just a, an, another lovely um, experience of, of training so that I could go back and I intended to go back to be a missionary and I was invited to go to Chile. And so in the process of, of getting ready to go to Chile, um, my now husband proposed to me, another long story short, but we ended up uh, moving to Maine, him from Long Island and me from Boston, where we lived the first four years of our married life. And um, at that point in time, I, I was working for InterVarsity and InterVarsity would not let couples work and pay both couples. And so he worked, we, well, I, I was making $7,000 a year. He was making $7,000 a year. Now two of us were making $7,000 a year. Then three of us, when baby one came, were making $7,000 a year. Then baby two comes and four of us are making $7,000 a year. And I'm just doing everything for free. <laughs> And, you know, there was part of me that was uh, angry about that, but it was, it was the seventies and women's 
the women's movement was just sort of begin, beginning and inner varsity was not there. Now they are there. They're great mm -hmm. now. <laughs> At that time, not so much. And we went from um, working in Maine to working in the Caribbean with uh, the International InterVarsity, IFES, and we were there for a couple of years. And so I got out of Colorado and I've got to see a lot of the world. <laughs> you have. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> and um, from there, from Trinidad, my husband went to seminary 10 years after I did. Then we were on... Um, pastoral staffs for, for uh, Park Street Church in Boston, Christ Church of Oak Brook. Then we were senior pastors at a church in west of Boston. And now we are the co-pastors for spiritual formation at High Rock in Arlington, which is a, a covenant church. Um, over the years, I've been trained as a spiritual director, I'm an in, a trained Enneagram facilitator. Um, uh, I became a writer by accident, never intended to or wanted to write. I don't really like writing. Um, uh, I always feel like what my life amounts to is just following the thread to the next thing. Okay, if the next thing is uh, moving to Maine, all right. If the next thing is not working, all right. If the next thing is working, okay. I can remember getting on my knees when we moved to Chicago because I didn't have a job. Um, a job. I have four jobs and I was going crazy working these four little jobs, making nothing. And I got down on my knees and I said, I was going to say to God, I can't do this. <laughs> no, I can't do four jobs. And as I got down on my knees, it's, it's one of the closest times I've ever had to hearing God say, are you okay if I want you to work four jobs? And it was like, okay, if you want four okay. <laughs> So I got, <laughs> I thought, well, if he wants me to do four jobs, okay. So I feel like a lot of my job, a lot of my journey has just been following a thread. I haven't had big ambitions. I, I didn't set out to be a pastor. I didn't set out to be an author. I think I've always wanted to be an artist, but my family was like, you'll never make any money being an artist. So you make money being a missionary. Well, anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm an amateur artist. And I think that's, that's an avocation. That's very joyful to me. Oh, I love that. Oh, I really, what I want to do right now is just break into tears. So, so far you've ended the show twice. One, <laughs> one, remember girls, remember that, let your friends introduce you to friends. That's what this is about. And two, uh, do the next thing. And I, you know, I love Adele, you're just talking, talking, talking about, I don't mean that you're talking too much, but you're talking through your life in these pieces that all sum up to the same thing, which is, okay, God, what's next? And here I am. And we both have been influenced by Elizabeth Elliot, who was influenced by her mother, who said, do the next thing. What is the next thing? Do the next thing. And the next thing isn't always in sequence to the next thing. And I, I would say to all of you who are joining us today, I'm talking to my dear friend, Adele Calhoun. And um, I try not to be emotional on these these times, but um, Adele has been a deep friend 
who's always lived someplace else. But one of the things I value in relationships that are important to me, one of the things I value in relationships, relationships that are important to me are always relationships that include a modicum of teaching, learning, a back and forth. And I, I can call Adele on the phone and say, okay, let's talk about what you're thinking about the riots. That's just a recent conversation a few months ago we had. And I value that very much, Adele. And I think you have modeled, and what you have just said to our audience is profound, truly, because it is what we say to these women who are in every one of those situations, traveling, following their husbands, with a job, without a job, trying to raise children, and now with the pandemic, raising children at home and educating them and keeping their careers and fixing meals. We got more questions about how do I cook three meals a day, Otto, when they're all here and in my kitchen and working and schooling and I have to be quiet. How do I do that? So yeah, that's it. Today is do the next thing. So thank you. I love your journey. I love listening to you talk about it. And we have those, so many things in common, including I never wanted to write either. Um, nine books later, I wonder what in the world was I thinking. So I want to just talk to you a little about the internal process, now that you've said this about your own journey. Uh, going to God that day and saying, I don't want to work four jobs. Okay, maybe I hear your voice saying, would it be okay if I do work four jobs? Can you, can you describe any part of that process as a woman, a human being, a follower of Christ that you push back on and what it takes to get you back into the place of resting in, do the next thing, whatever that looks like, and it doesn't always fit to the last thing or the thing to come? So I don't think, I, I think in that experience where it was so clearly an audible voice to me, it's like, who's going to argue with an audible voice when you get God telling you, is it okay if I want you to work for, okay. Um, but I was prepared to have it out with him on my knees. Yep. <laughs> so it wasn't like. Been there. I, I was like up, up to my eyeballs and sinking. But I, I do know that I haven't always followed well or easily. Even the move to Chicago meant leaving a job that I loved. And my husband had found a, a new job. He just graduated with the doctorate, found a um, Christ Church had called him, but they weren't calling me. And so I was leaving something I loved and moving to Chicago from beautiful New England. Hey, hey, Chicago's my hometown. Just don't I be know. making those cracks. So I, I, felt, I fell in love with Chicago. But you know, it's really different. Yeah, very. And we lived in a Western suburb of Chicago where every house is like three meters from the other house. And anyway, it, it wasn't, wasn't what I wanted to do. We left our son to finish his junior year, our daughter, got so depressed she would curl up like a fetus every day she missed her friends you know it was our house that we thought we'd sold before we bought another house didn't sell we had two mortgages you know it was just a big mess going in debt hand over fist I was doing and it was like why did you bring me to Chicago <laughs> what, was, what was the point of this and 
on the plane ride from Boston to Chicago, I had sat with my Bible on the plane and said, God, you know how little I want to do this, how little I want to go. And I was reading uh, Psalm 16, mm. and there's a, a verse in there that says, all my delight is in the saints who are in the land. And I felt like the spirit was saying, you may not like Chicago the way you like New England, you know, but you will love the saints who are in the land mm -hmm. and they will delight you. And so I just took that. I said, okay, okay. And, you know, in the first three weeks, there was um, Karen, as I said, no job. I didn't get a job for like a year and a half. I had these four, four different jobs that sort of moved around. Um, and then I had another friend in Boston who worked with me at Park Street who said, I have a friend that goes to your church in Chicago. I'll call her and put you in touch with her. And she did that. And so in March, we moved in January in the middle of winter into gray Chicago. And she said, let me, let me have you over and introduce you to some of my friends. So she had us over for dinner after church and had invited probably eight other couples. And those eight other couples became our best friends mm -hmm. at the church. So all my delight was in the saints who are in the land. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And you know, it's those moments that we, I don't know, we're at our end. We, we're at our end. We feel we're at our end. And I know our audience has this regularly as we've had. We're, we're probably older than most of our audience. So we may have had more of those experiences. And thank you for sharing that one, Adele. But in the end, um, our delight is in him and his saints, which is the great commandment, the great two-step, as we call around here. Did you ever do two-step dancing, you and Doug? Uh, not two-step. Okay, well. I'm more of a... Um, Country dance girl. Country dance. Well, country dance. <laughs> That's it. Okay. <laughs> well, they, David and I love the two-step because the two-step is like that. It's just two steps, but you can do a million things with it. And it makes you, we could just, just do a million things. And one day years ago, I, I thought, that's it. It's the, the life with Christ is just a two-step. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. That's it. Mm -hmm. Everything flows from that, just flows from that. And what you have just said is a part of that. Well, my friend, I actually just want to keep on chatting. I have a few things I'd like to talk to you about personally, but I don't think we'll do that on air. One of the things I've asked my friends, who I'm introducing to the Modern Homemaker audience of friends, is aside from Christ and marriage and family and the things we hold dear, what is a value point that Adele has, a value point in her life that matters, that she's willing to do most anything to live in, live through, evidence of? I've been thinking about the question, Donna, and um, I probably... I have two answers because the first one may not be acceptable. And that is for me. Oh, oh no, no. The first one will be acceptable. Oh, I love it. Go on, go on. It's just a reiteration. I feel like um, 
when people say, you know, I, I've been in ministry for many, many decades, and we're always as pastors going back, how do we disciple people? How do we disciple people? How do we disciple people? And honestly, it is not a book that I've read. It's not a seminar I've taken. It's not a conference I've gone to that have been the way God has discipled me. God has discipled me through people, through friendship, through face-to-face interaction. And I, I value the human face, you know, God, make your face shine on me. Donna, shine your face on me. There is something just about being present to people Mm -hmm. and present to God and present to myself that to me is, is what makes my life rich. It's not anything else. Mm -hmm. It's you, you rip that out of my life. It doesn't matter where you live or what you see. And the second thing I would say is that beauty nurtures my soul. Yeah. So those are my two values. Mm, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Adele, um, I do want to be shamelessly promoting some of the things you have done, which, which have all been tools to me, um, books that you have written. Uh, one of the things that was a surprise to me, a, a huge surprise to me, was coloring the Psalms. <laughs> and I, how did you say what kind of an artist you were? What did you say? Well, I didn't do those drawings. I, I know, but what kind of artist did you say you were a minute ago? Amateur. Amateur, okay. So whatever the word below amateur is, mm-hmm. that's me, okay. And, <laughs> and I do something like in a journal or a sketch pad, and, and it feels... Like between my hand and whatever I'm using, a brush, a marker, a pen, a sitting on the Seine River, a drawing trees and a piece of architecture that I can see across the river. When I was done with that, I am telling you, you could just take it to the gallery and they'd hang it and people would acclaim it. And, and really, an artist looks at it and sort of pats me and says, oh, that's nice. You know, but 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 I I feel that in my soul when I'm doing these things. I feel it in my soul. So when I got the coloring books, I thought, yeah, there's nothing about that that I could feel in my soul. But I really did the Psalm one particularly. I thought was those were lovely contributions, and um, so I'm telling our audience about the things you've done. Uh, they aren't the most important things you've done, but I- I've had an experience with them. The things I've really experienced, um, my favorite book is not the one that sells the most. I think the one that sells the most is the Spiritual Disciplines Handbook. And we have mentioned this many times because I keep saying to women that this is a part of that forming your soul. They write us and ask for ideas and counsel and how do I grow beyond this point. Disciplines are not the end all, but they are a part that leads us closer to him, and that is the end all. The Enneagram work that you and Doug and your friends have done, the spiritual rhythms of the Enneagram, and Enneagram has been hot and heavy in the last few years, and there are lots of books out there, and I consider them quite faddish. We have talked a little about it, and we're going to talk again about it in a month or so. 
from our perspective that your work in taking us out of what is your number, uh, what is your core number, and how does that relate to the other parts of you and who you are in your head and your heart and your instincts and how God made us to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and body has been a profound help to me personally and to the women that I am closest to. But still my favorite, not true you, still my favorite is Invitations from God. And um, I read it, the first time I read it, I thought this is a very nice book. I like this a lot. And then I personally was dealing with an invitation that I didn't want to accept. Mm -hmm. And um, you helped me. Thank you. You helped me. So I want to recommend to all of you Adele Calhoun's Invitations from God, Accepting God's Offer to Rest, Weep, Forgive, Wait, Remember, and More. So I'm glad that the books you didn't want to write, you wrote that one for sure. Mm -hmm. You thought that one for sure. Well, my friend, thank you. This has been a You're delight. Welcome. And thank Ooh. you for your time. Blessings to you and Doug. Uh, we always end our time by asking our visitor, do you have anything else you want to add to this time we've had together that would bless our audience? Donna, I love you. I love you too so much. I was, can't wait to see you. Thanksgiving is coming. Let's, let's look to it. Okay, my friend? This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Remember, the common vegan and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of accepting his invitation.